It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Lucky Let Court Podcast, a Tennis Now production sponsored by Tennis Express and a proud member of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris Otto. Happy to bring you a special guest today on Thursday, April 28th. It is Mert Ertunga, also known as Mert to many of you, who is a former pro player and Davis Cup captain from Turkey that later broke into the coaching ranks and spent 16 years coaching college tennis at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, which is also known as UAB. Mert won four Coach of the Year awards there. He then continued to stay in tennis as a consultant, part-time coach, and a journalist, but has recently taken a deeper dive into the coaching ranks. For the last year, Mert has been coaching two Turkish players, Ipek Oz and Ayla Aksu. And today, and forgive me if I butcher those, those names, um, today, Mert is going to talk to us about how this phase of his career got started. It's a remarkable story, really, truly inspirational story that I think you guys will love to listen to. He talks about what his journey with both players has been like over the last year, and it's a truly interesting chat uh, that we had. And for mainstream tennis fans, this could be your ticket to dig deeper into the life of players and coaches that aren't household names and ones that do much of their work on the ITF circuit. It is a grind out there, and it is a passion play. It's a lot of love and a lot of passion and dedication to the sport that's going on here, and I think you're going to love Mert's story, so why don't you listen up to the interview, and I will see you guys on the other side. My good friend, it's great to speak with you. I'm gonna first. We're gonna start with a little English slash Turkish lesson. Mert is what a lot of us call you on the other side of the pond. But but we've been we've been speaking a little bit of how to properly pronounce your name, and I'm into it. So Mert Ertunga. Um, Chris, that's out. actually that's that's excellent. That's what I could an American. I haven't heard an American pronounce it better than that. Actually, I, I just need a little practice. It's something I haven't said commonly because when you know when we got to know each other originally at Wimbledon when we were old desk mates, feels like a previous life. You were always Mert to me, but now yes, I'm, I'm and then I'm a, I'm Mert to every American. I've been a Mert to to the, my thirty years of. Uh, Living in the United States, I've been Mert, so it's perfectly fine. That you, that's that's okay too. You can be a dual citizen in that regard. <laughs> but yes, but what happened? Uh, just a very quick story on that. The first time I ever entered the United States, I, um, I I the customs officer came and opened up my passport and said, "Okay, welcome to the United States, Mert." Or and I said, "No, no, it's Mert," and I didn't <laughs> speak English very well at the time. So then the customs officer goes, "Mert," and I said, "Mert." Mert? I said, no, Mert. And we had this back and <laughs> forth. And after about the 16th time, I finally said, okay, 
how do you read it? He goes, Mert. I said, that's my name. <laughs> and I decided right then and right there that I was not going to have this back and forth nine or ten times with every American that I meet from that point forward in my life. So my name stayed Mert in the United States. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And I, honestly, it sounds so simple to just say Mert instead of Mert. Mert. Yeah. But it's, it's, for it's some a little tricky. Just takes a little practice, and no, then you do it well. And then Ertunga. Yeah, you do. You do that very well too. It, it, Italians, you know, people who roll the R have no problem with it, but uh, for Americans or French-speaking people, it's tough to say cool. Mart. Okay. Know. Good. Yeah. And and for, for do, give me the honor of saying it one time for clarification. Your full name. Mart Artunga. Got it. Beautiful. And so we've got so much to talk about. It's been. Quite some time. I mean, honestly, the last time we talked regularly, you were my you were my French professor, which is which is another phase of life. But in the last year, you've made a huge decision, re-entered the coaching ranks. Now here you are in Istanbul with two players that are working that you're working with, and exciting time. So maybe you could bring us up to speed with like the last fifty-two weeks or year and a half of your life and how it's gotten you from there to here. Sure, I. Um... You know, I've uh, my life was actually uh, my life revolved around tennis. Uh, where since I've been, since I've ever known myself, I started as a as a young kid playing tennis, uh, growing up in Istanbul, Turkey, and um, and then uh, we were, you know, the, the the tennis club where we hung around was our basically second home, and from that point, uh, you know, we started playing tennis every day. And there came a time where around uh, 10 years old, uh, a, a guy in, in our club said, hey, let's get you guys licensed and let's put you in some tournaments. We, we, were, we were clueless, of course. We said, sure, no problem. And I went to the final, my first tournament, I went to the finals of 12 and under Istanbul championships. And then, you know, some people said, oh, you, you did, this kid's good. You know, like, he could be a good player. Let's, let's get you uh, into some sort of a training system, et cetera. Anyway, somehow... Years went by. I'm giving a very brief version of it. Years went by, and I became and I became a player for the leading tennis club in in Istanbul. Uh, I and I started playing club tennis for them. Then I won uh, the national championship, et cetera, et cetera. And somehow found myself found myself years years later playing um, college tennis, being the top ranked player in Turkey. Played Davis Cup for Turkey and tried the pro tour in the in the. Um, in the late 80s, early 90s. And after uh, two or three years of trying it, realizing that I'm, even though I was a hot shot in Turkey, I was nobody outside of Turkey. And so so that, that, that's when I went into, I stopped, uh, I had yeah, time, to became, time to become realistic. So I went, back, I went into coaching and I became a college coach. I coached a couple of players uh, back then, what's called in the satellite challenger circuit. But I mainly stayed in the United States and, and coached tennis. And I became the women's tennis coach at UAB. Yeah. Uh, did very well from the get-go. We won the conference championship, conference USA championships the first year that I was uh, – no, great Midwest championships. That's where UAB was back then. And then when we moved to conference USA, we won the inaugural conference USA championships under my coaching. So anyway, I, I ended up being a 16-year uh, long coach for, for UAB. And, uh, and, in the, and then I um, – and then I, you know, after 30 years of spending eight to 10 hours on the court as a player or as a coach, I decided to get to do um, to do something that, you know, I said, OK, now I'm going to do something in my life that I've always wanted. So I got my Ph.D. and became a professor, but I never could get could stay away from tennis. I, you know, I wrote for te for uh, for for three different publications 
two different languages. And I went back to school and got, uh, while I was getting my PhD in the summers, I still traveled with my friends, all coaches. Um, and, um, as a, as a media person or as a consultant to some players. And from there on, I started getting the, the itch back into coaching and, um, and back in January of 2021, I uh, I started really looking deep into uh, creating some sort of a project where I could be helpful to uh, to Turkish tennis, and the best the best option for me was to um, to well you know what this is a long answer did you want did you want to this is great cut, this is cut, exactly cut, what I want did you want to cut into anything there or or ask any more or or should I keep no going? you're getting to the good stuff now so 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 January okay. January of 2021 pandemic's yeah. underway you're thinking about you've got the itch you've always been in tennis but you want to get a little deeper and make something serious happen yes and you know I I, I felt like uh, you know I there are a couple of things that I I guess that everybody has you know. Uh, a few talents in life that they can put into use and uh you know my two or three talents were languages um teaching coaching um coaching tennis uh you know or teaching coaching combination of, uh, the, in either in the classroom or out on the tennis court and i figured yeah, what how can i put that best into use for my intention which was to somehow give something back to turkish tennis or help uh, help out uh, they, I could do it in two or three ways in an administrative way, or I could do it as a, as part of a, uh, I could become, I could work for the club or the federation, uh, in term, in terms of, uh, being the director of a junior program or et cetera, et cetera, of, of a certain section of, of tennis players. I did not want to do that. I did not want to operate under, um, under an organization and be, um, be limited by the uh, by, by the by by red tape or by 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 what they deem appropriate versus what I may deem appropriate as a coach. So I figured the best way for me to help someone is to is to become is to coach a player one on one and uh, to become the coach of a player or or two at the most. And um, my first few moves were to were to talk to three or four people that I trusted in uh, in in turkey and get their opinion on this uh one of them being chala bukakchai who, who's uh, who's been the leading the top women's top female player in turkey for many many years now and who's a, a true friend of mine a long a long time friend of mine yep and, and um, one, that, one that you have consulted before and, and also the only woman to crack the top 100 in singles correct that's that's correct, and the only woman to win a, 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 a to win a match in in a, in a major in the main draw in singles. She has she holds many records in Turkey, and she's a f- wonderful person, and uh, she's been a very long time friend of mine. And her coach, who unfortunately passed away uh, last year in April, it's actually uh, just recently was his first year the year, first year anniversary of his passing away, and. Um, uh, John Uner, who was her coach, and he was also Marcel Hans' coach when when he put when he helped Marcel propel into top 100 as the male first male player in Turkey. Yes, to get into top 100 and and do the, and and win around in the majors, and then he moved on to to do the same with Chala on the female side, and um, so he was the second person I consulted, and this was in uh, February, a couple of months before um, before his unfortunate death. He died in April from uh, from cancer, and um, 
but uh, he was the same because he's he's a third. He was a 30, 35 year long friend of mine. He was a player in Turkey when I was a player in Turkey myself too. Okay. And um, yeah, lifelong friend of mine. And uh, he, Chala, him, both were very supportive of this. In fact, John was told me that he it's true. He told me, well, I've been telling you this for for years and years for you to for you to get back into coaching and and help us in Turkey. You know, and uh, so. He was like, "Hallelujah! I'm glad. I'm glad you're do. I'm glad you decided." Yeah. And um, and you know, then I then I uh, then I went uh, then I moved on to uh, I needed to have a phone call or two about finding sponsorship for for the, for whoever I'm going to be coaching. Although I already had a couple of names in mind, but you know, and um, and that worked out well. Um, that worked out well. I uh, so I, I was able to find a sponsor for 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 um, for the, and, and by the way. After filtering out, I considered a lot of players in Turkey. Yes. Uh, on the men's and women's side, I did. Uh, you know, I didn't want to bring this up for someone who already had a who already had a coaching team set up. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't want to step on anyone's toes. And plus, uh, you know, if they have a situation set up already, fine. I wanted to to help out someone who I thought had potential, whose tennis had potential, who had uh, good character, who had um, uh, good work ethic. You know, these are more important than whether they can have, they can hit a good forehand or a good overhead or they can hit a wide serve or what have you. And, um, and then after all that, do they also have in their game what's needed to, to, uh, to catapult to the next stage yes. if they, if they get the right guidance and, uh, you know, putting all these filters together you know, I started going through the many different uh, players' names because because the, the next thing was going to be the the next big step was going to be to bring this up to the players and see, would you be interested? And um, and and Ipekas and Ilux were the two names that came to my mind. Of course, I had a couple of more talks with a couple of other people because because we needed to set up the logistics. For example, you know, I wanted to make sure that we had a place to practice regularly. We had we had access to balls as, you know, just basic uh, equipment, and uh, that that went well. I talked to um, to his name is Bora, who's been very helpful. He's uh, he's a coach at uh, at one of, at the club where both Ipek and Ayla play, and uh, he he was he was very happy with the idea, and he said that would be great. And therefore, um, you know, so did, if any, if at any of these steps, um, things went wrong or one of these were going to be, no, well, no, I can't do this or no, this is not possible or no, it's not a good idea. They, it would have probably never gotten to the, to the stage where I actually began to coach. Yeah. Uh, Ipek and Aile. They, they would have never heard about it. Let's put it that way. That's, that's how, uh, that's how ironic this is. They would, they would have not even known about it. That's crazy. Because I was, I was only going to go give the green light to this project if I was able to put all the uh, set pieces together. You know, the the basic pieces. Yeah. And um, so once it all worked out, I um, I was going to go. I was going to come to Istanbul from the United States uh, from my teaching job, and I was going to come to Istanbul. And I figured during during Istanbul Cup, it was called the WTA 250 tournament. That's going on right now. Right. So this last was a year. year ago. Okay. Yeah, last year, and. Um, and uh, and I was and I figured you know all the tennis players are going to be there, including Ipek and Ayla, and I'll bring this up to them then, and uh, and I'll see what they think. And look, you know, uh, this is a situation where uh, we were I would have to get along with them. They would have to get along with me. You know, then maybe they don't like my coachings. I don't know. So my idea was to first have a trial period, 
of, uh, of three months. And if things work out, great, we move to a longer term. If things don't work out, if somehow things don't mesh, you know, we don't have the synergy, et cetera, and uh, some things come up that we didn't expect, then we would be able to call it after three months. And I might either consider coaching someone else or I might go back to my teaching job, you know, back in the United States at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, my professorship. And, um, uh, but uh, we, uh, so the, here's what happened uh, when I, the, the few days before I flew back to Turkey for the, for the Istanbul WTA tournament where I could talk to them, there was a huge crisis, coronavirus crisis in Turkey hit and, there, and the president announced a three week long lockdown yes. where nobody could get out. And that basically hammered my, you know, the, the plans to go back to, to cause we, cause you know, I don't want to go back if I can't even get out of the house. What's the point, you know, of me? Uh, so I stayed longer in the United States and then I figured, okay. And this is when John Charles coach, John, who's again, a lifelong friend of mine passed away, yeah. uh, in mid April. And, um, and I, and Chala, went through some very, very difficult days, difficult weeks or even months. And uh, and I remember talking to her and she said she was going to go play a tournament in Zagreb and Prague and the ITF tournaments. And, um, and uh, you know, she said, could you, you know, if you can come, that'd be great. And, uh, and of course, I'm going to go. I'm never going to say no to that. Not only do what I want to do it anyway, but in, especially in the, under these circumstances, you know, I'm, I'm going to go accompany her gladly. And... Um, so uh, that, then came she she wasn't she didn't recover emotionally, and so she decided to pass on Zagreb. But she was going to go to Prague, and so I got my ticket from um, the United States uh, to go to to only come to Turkey for one day and get you know get back out to, to on the plane to Prague to 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 watch her. And during that time, I figured okay, I find out that Ipek Öz, who's one of the two players that I wanted you know, uh, propose this to, is also going to play the tournament, qualifying, the same tournament. Cool. And um, so I figured, okay, you know, while I'm there, I'll, t uh, I'll talk to her. But then the, the, a funny thing happens. She calls me, Ipek calls me and says, hey, I heard you're coming to, to Prague. Chala told me, you know, there's a, because of COVID restrictions, you can only bring one play, one person per year, per team. And, and Chala probably has her current coach because Chala has been coached by... Uh, by another the Spanish uh, pro, Albert Portas, for uh, for the last two years since John's initial attack of cancer hit, he was unable to go out on the road anyway with her. Okay, he was just stay. So he Albert Portas was coaching her, and and you know she thought, okay, Albert is going to be with Chala as that contingency, as the one person contingency, and uh, and if but I know that you know you 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 planned on going and. I, if you want to, I can write you down as my coach, <laughs> and that way you can come, and uh, which is ironic, right? Because 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 then I'm that's the purpose I'm going to Prague for. That's just amazing. Uh, my that's second just amazing. Purpose. Like the, seren yeah, the serendipity of it. Yes, it's funny. It's funny. So anyway, I go to Prague and so we arrive sure, to Prague. Sure, yeah, you can. You say, yeah, you can write me in as your coach. Meaning, yeah, and, said, and yeah, then I'll I ask think. you that if I can become your coach. <laughs> yeah. Okay, con continue. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's, it's it's funny. So anyway, I I um I get to Prague and um I Chala knows by the way Chala knows because I've talked to her. she was the first person I talked to months ago, so she knows that I'm going to have this talk with Ipek and um, so I finally um. Uh, go up and talk to Ipek. I said, look, Ipek, here's this opportunity. Here's the setup. Uh, 
I uh, I explained to her in detail what uh, what happened in about uh, I give her about the four minute version of what I just told you now, and I said uh, you know it's uh, there's this opportunity if you'd like to take it, um, you know I can I uh, I you know I uh, we'd work together and see how it goes and uh, and before I really got a chance to finish and I was curious about her reaction and before. I really wanted her to say yes, personally, of course, but um, but because uh, I uh, I'll I'll say this right now. If I've been a I've been an Ipek Ös fan for many years as a player, you know, this is, I've watched her um, several times for over the last four years or so. Yep. Whenever her match was streamed, I know she's I know she's talented. I know she's got a game that can uh, that can really improve. So I've been a fan of hers you know we, we, before anything else and i've and i'll probably always stay a fan of hers whether i coach her or not yeah and um and so i told her i said this is the situation if if you'd like to and before i kind of finished all that she was like oh my god are you are you seriously asking me this i've never had a coach in my life and and then and then it's going to be you we're going to be working together yes you know let's do it right away which made me feel really good made me really happy Amazing. that uh that that she was that enthusiastic about it and and Chris uh, you know that was the day before she played her first round qualifying yeah. in the uh, in Prague 25k awesome so she goes out and and beats um uh Carol Monet of France who was in the 300s mm -hmm. then in the next ma in the next round she beats Yakupovic uh, who was in the t in the 200s and Ipek at this time by the way is 528 when I had this talk with Ipek, she was 528 in WTA. Wow, much higher now. And, uh, uh, right, she's she's. I believe she will finish 221 this week or 219. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, she's jumped 300 places. She jumped 300 places in less than a year. I'm not sure how many other WTA players there are in the top 500 who have jumped 300 places in yeah. uh, in less than a year. You know, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I don't believe there are many. Not very many, I would but, suspect. Yeah. But anyway, so um, so she beats Monet, she beats Jakubovic, she makes it to the main draw. In the main draw, she beats um, uh, Leslie Karkove uh, from Holland, and she loses. Second, by the way, these are seeded players, correct? She be she beats all of them. That's three great wins she has in a row. Ne never had a run like this, and she loses to Anna Konyu. Right on. Um, on uh, in uh, who entered that tournament as a wild card on her comeback trail. Yep, former so top looked, twenty player, I believe. Right, and she's doing very well now too. Absolutely. But um, she that was on her on her start to the to the comeback. She loses to her, so that's four very solid matches she plays, three wins, and that's how we start. That was actually our first four full days together. Awesome those, start. Four, those four matches. And then after that, we had the we had, we were a bit lucky because I had uh, we had two weeks of practice. And this is the period that I call key because everybody goes out and plays matches, you know, may get good wins, et cetera, or may lose a match. That's that's the showcasing part. Right. And then there's the and then there's the there's the dirty work part, you know, where you go out to the court where where no one no one's watching, but you gotta do the drills, you gotta do the tough work, yes. you gotta, you know, do the greedy nitty drills, you gotta get exhausted, you, you you're gonna feel tired. You're going to repeat and repeat and repeat some things, some patterns, some drills, some hits. And you and we did that for two weeks. And this is the part that I was interested in. You know, will she remain intense through this? Is she going to work hard through this? And and um, 
and I and I really uh, tried to push her, you know, during that time, in in practices, in yeah. in terms of the difficulty of drills and in endurance, including a lot of endurance drills, moving drills, etc. And uh, that went very well. So yes, it was great to start with that with with that good run in Prague. But for me, the key was uh, that you know those two weeks of practice. After which, we went to a tournament. Then she reached her, her first. Um, ITF 25k quarterfinals in her career then uh, then a month later she reaches her first ITF 25k final nice um she beating several top 300 players and and a couple of top 200 players on the way and um and then and then everything just took off after that and you know she 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 we we tr I tried to install uh, a specific type of um, transition game uh, for her and she bought right into it and she had the tools anyway she's again you know I'll say this again she Ipek has a lot of uh, shots in her arsenal ready to go ready at her disposition she's got good fundamentals it was just a matter of you know putting them all together knowing when to hit which or what how with which frequency to use what which weapon Sure. You know, because she can, she can hit, she can hit drop shots, she can hit angles, she can hit forehand winners, backhand winners, lobs. Uh, uh, um, she can volley. She can come to the net. She can even serve and volley. She can kick serve, slice serve. She's got a lot of weapons. And and the idea and the and the challenge for her was to put all that together yeah. into use. And um, uh, so we did that. And uh, she once once success started coming, she bought into it and. Um, you know, she 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 stuck with it, and uh, she, uh, she then 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 came a tragic moment in her life. She um, she lost her dad to COVID later yes. in the summer. Yes. And this all came about during a week while we were at a tournament in the Netherlands, and uh, it just went really fast, unfortunately. And uh, she had to travel back home in the middle of the tournament, so she had to survive that tragedy. And then the next time she came back on the court less than two weeks later to play in 60k in geneva she went all the way to the finals and then that and that tournament has a interesting story to very compelling story because she came that was her first tournament back for, after her father's passing away and she played two um two rounds in qualifying in which she did not she was not really into it she was she could not focus mm -hmm. she lost the second round she lost the second Jeez. round was and was out yes and in fact after losing the second round, you know, I told her, look, maybe you're not ready. Take take more of your time if you'd like. I thought that she she would find she would refine herself because a lot of times players, um, you know, a tennis player's second home is the the, the court, a tennis court. They need competition. It. They need it. You know, in a competition. Time like that. And um, and after mourning for her dad, you know, she came back and 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 she, but we decided to stick around just for you know in case she gets a lucky loser. And um, the the ironic thing is, uh, she, you know, the, the the referee apparently I wasn't there, but apparently called her in to draw the lucky loser name, and she drew herself as the number one person in case someone from the main draw didn't come. And and exactly one person from the main draw doesn't show up at the last second. At the last second, we we didn't know, and you know, we were actually making plans to go back. We already I was already talking to the to the fitness trainer back home on what to do when we come back, et cetera. And at that moment, we hear that one player is not showing up. She apparently came to the tournament side too, but she showed up with her street clothes saying, I can't play. 
I'm hurt, etc. Nice. And uh, so, so she, exactly. So she gets in hours before she has to play the actual match, and she has to play the same player against the to whom she lost in the last round of qualifying. Okay, Fomina Klatz, and uh, she starts the match. She loses the first set. And then something clicks though towards the end of the first set, I could tell. And uh, she played the last two games of the first set well, focused. And then uh, after she sat down for the first set, she turned to me and said, okay, you know, what, what, what can we do? Like, how can we turn this match around? And, um, and, we, and, 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 you know, we, and at that moment of just a really short communication, I felt like for the first time she had her head in the match. You know, like what to do now? Okay, yeah. what? How can we? Do, how can I win instead of just battling, for the lack of a better word, battling the demons or the you know the sadness of uh, of losing her dad, and uh, she can and she starts the second set strong and wins six three six two, and um, and then from there, she just it, it's almost like a, a new a, a, the regular person on the court, the regular competitor on the court came back. Yeah. She wins the next round six zero six zero against a very promising junior. She wins uh, the next round, 6-2, 6-3 in the quarterfinals against a player who's ranked, I, th- I believe, 201 or 202 right now, still above her. Okay. She beats her She beats her like a drum. And then she she wins in the semifinals against Anna Bondar, who, who's, uh, who's a top 100 player right now. At the time, she was 140s maybe. I can't remember. But she's a long-time, very tough player. She just lost in the quarterfinals of the WTA tournament here in Istanbul. And um, she beats her in straight sets and has to play Beatrice Haddad Maya in the finals, and she loses to her six four in the third. Not bad. Her first, yeah, her first ITF sixty k career, and that puts her, that puts her into top three hundred in the rankings or l- low three hundreds. Let's put it this way: three ten, three oh five, something like that. Yeah. And from that point on, she played. She played another finals in Lisbon, a twenty five k, but um, just got better and better. Her her game got better. And finally, this year, um, you know, we decided to do to get into to go into some WTA tournaments with our improved rankings. Yes. See if we could get in. We 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 had it. We passed on a couple of them, thinking we couldn't get in for, for that we we that she'd get left out at okay. the end of the day after signing. Right. And it turned out that she would have gotten in. So we decided to okay, you know, we're going to go to the one in Colombia. Right. Regardless, Recently. and see if you know she can. Even if if we miss it, we miss it. But we're gonna we're gonna give it a shot. You know, she's uh, she's she's ranked in the top three hundred now, two eighties, two two seventies, and uh, so we get on the we board the plane. We didn't find out until we were in the air that she got in. She got into the qualifying uh, draw. Into the qualies at Bogota. Into the qualies in Bogota. So we arrived to Bogota, thirteen hour long flight. Um, we had two days to adjust to to the um, to the altitude, which to which you never adjust, by the way. Okay, it's uh, I've it's, heard it's, about it's, that. it's it's incredible. The, the 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 altitude is it's higher than many Swiss skiing resorts. Let's mm. put it this way, okay? And um, the balls fly everywhere. But anyway, so she. But you know, other players are going through the same adjustment uh, pains also. So she beats, uh, she gets, she plays seventh seeded Lazaro Garcia. She beats her seven five in the third, a very close match, a key match. Then she play has to play the first seed, the top seed in qualifying, Gramatikopoulou of yes. uh, Greece, and she beats her seven five six four. She gets into the main draw, 
And there she plays another qualifier who qualified for the main draw, Daniela Seguel, and she beats her 6-2-7-5, gets into the second, row, second round main draw, which is a first for her career again. This is among the seven or eight career firsts. And this is like the seventh or eighth in a string of career firsts that she has been able to accomplish over the last uh, several years. Yep. And uh, and she lo- and she loses to Camila Osoria, the top seed in Colombia. You know, at her hometown, six three seven six. In in what I thought it was a very close second set, yeah. a, a close match. Yeah. Can I can I stop so, you there? Uh, Bert, and then she came back and played the. Of course, of course. I want to I want to ask you about that experience. That's a first main draw win on, at the WTA level. And then playing a player like Osorio Serrano, a defending champ at that tournament, a very talented player. What do you guys take from these experiences? Like uh, the atmosphere there was pretty on fire. It's a big opportunity for her. It's a loss, but it's a learning experience, isn't it? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yes, and and I'll I'll tell you what learning experiences count a lot, Chris. And uh, you know I've been around top players a lot, uh, whether as a as, you know whether I was a company a company and another player, or as a media person, I've been around other players a lot. I've I've talked to them, um, but um, for EPEC, this is not some this is not common. You know she hasn't been in that kind of environment before. But I'll tell you what really helped before Bogota. Ipek got to play, got a wild card into the main draw of Doha WTA 1000. Yes. And uh, in February. And we went to Doha, and that's a WTA 1000. The to- all the top players were there. And Ipek found herself in the in the gym warming up with, I don't know, Shriontek on her left, Simona Halep on, you know, on the treadmill, yes. Sabalenka a little bit further, you know, for, for, for someone of like her for like Ipex, this is a big deal that'll fuel the dream well yes i mean let's be realistic there's the vow there's the wow factor there and uh to be able to see how those players you know behave during a during a during a tournament what do they do and going out and practicing with them you know with uh with the with the players who are in the main draw no she she had practice sessions with um with petkovic for example with flipkins and and a couple of others and um and, uh, and 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 you know and then go out and play Madison Brangle. She she drew Madison Brangle and she lo- she played a very close match against her. She had two set points in the first set. She lost seven five six three, and that was a close match. And that experience, I would say, the one that she had in Doha, paid dividends in Bogota. Right. Because she did not have to go through the same emotions and through the same okay, wow, what is this around me type of feelings that she she, that she, she went through, that she had gone through in uh, in Doha. She did not have to do that in Bogota. Yep. In Bogota, she could focus on actually, you know, hey, I'm here to win a match. I don't care who it is. I'm going to go out and play my opponent. Uh, who cares about what's around me, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, I'm exaggerating the words, but uh, yeah. But basically she was, she was over that initial... Um, 
excitement of unfamiliarity, I want to say, of yep. being around, you know, top players, top you know, WTA players that you may have, you may only get to see on TV. Yeah. She was over she was over that uh, over that wow factor, let's put it that way, by the time she got to Bogota. Ah, and that's and, uh, and and that helped. That 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 definitely helped. Well, I must say that's commendable that you mentioned um, Ipek was outside of the top 500. You get to a position inside the top 300 where you now earn these opportunities and take advantage of them, and thus the growth can happen. It's not a guarantee that you're even going to get those opportunities ever, and they've happened relatively quickly, which is great. And, yes. and congratulations to you both. Thank you, Chris. And the and the and the rewarding thing for Ipek here, and um, and I completely understand her and feel for her here is that uh, she Bogota was the first tournament where she actually got into the tournament herself or on her own merit ranking no wild cards nothing yeah you know just her own ranking got in earned her way into the main draw and got her main draw win her first round main draw win so yeah but she deserves it she's 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 a hard worker she she really uh deserves every bit of the success that she's had and and um well, anyway, I'll, I'll let you I'll, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, did, I didn't. That. I stopped you um, when you were describing Bogota. So if you want to continue yeah. from from there. No, the, the, the only thing I wanted to add is um, uh, I know that when I first jumped on board with Ipek, um and by the way, I didn't talk about Ayla, who's yeah, my other player with whom I started. You know, she joined in the parade one month later. She was away at a couple of tournaments when I first talked to Ipek, So she didn't join the team until uh, June 1st and she has improved a lot too but I know you, you, you but I know we're talking about mainly about Ipek here so I'll stick with Ipek but I, I do want to stick in there that Ayla also has jumped up uh, a good uh, 400 spots in WTA she's she was she was way outside the top 1000 now she's in the 600s and hopefully we're you know we're hoping to move her up too no I absolutely but get, would but like get, to talk but, about her yeah um, no it's a, but getting back to Ipek is um I know that when I jumped on board with Ipek, I uh, she, although she never said this in explicit terms, she later did, but at first she didn't. But I could already tell that her lifelong dream was to get into in actually participate in a in a major. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's in the form of a qualifying major, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is, her her dream was, I want to see my name as a participant in 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 one of the four majors. And I'm so happy to be able to be a part of that ride for her. And when we started, you know, I didn't say that I don't I don't like uh, setting goals with exact times and, uh, you know, saying like at the end of 2020 to uh, 2023, we will do this at the end of by May 2024. We want to be ranked top 50. You know, the, the, these kind of things I don't like, you know, this this. It does nothing but put, put unnecessary pressure on the on the player. I feel. Yeah. But uh, just like every other tennis player, though, I know she had aspirations to eventually play majors. But uh, but but the the special part with her is that um, I knew that Roland Garros would be the one that she would want to play the most out of the four. Clay courts are her favorite surface, and that's the one that I felt she was dreaming of achieving first. You know, be, being able to play. Uh, in a major, but specifically at Roland Garros, and uh, and it so happened that it looks like it's going to happen. You know, she's her ranking is kind of at a, at a at a limit, but at a limit where we're we're on the inside looking out. The, the you know, I'd be very, 
Yes, I'd be very surprised if at this point she's, she remains outside the qualifying. So I'm, awesome. um, I'm very happy for her. I, uh, I'm, I'm really glad that I was able to, in some way, you know, be a part of the helping team, uh, be a part of the team that helped her get to that point. And, yeah. uh, but, uh, but let me make this clear. Ipek is a, is a wonderful person, high IQ individual, a very independent woman, and just an, just a really, really nice person to be around. And I think she would have herself by herself figured out a way to do this eventually. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to give some sort of like a, uh, fake, uh, you know, ins un insincere, uh, humbleness display here. And what I'm saying is I, I'm not denying that I played a role in, in, you know, guiding her, um, uh, to, 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 you know, go, go up the rankings, but, but she would have found, I, I think she's the kind of person that, uh, that a lot of coaches would want to work with. Uh, she's, she's, she grasps, she grasps the notion of professionalism ah. uh, to its core. She's very intelligent. And, um, and I'm, I'm, I don't know if I should say I'm glad to be a part of the ride or I'm lucky to be part of that <laughs> ride. But in any case, in any case, here we are, and, uh, and it's great. It's very cool. So what you're saying is you have a very talented player with or without you. Agreed. Yeah, and, and I, I can, I can uh, testify to that. It looks like, to me, she looks like a very disruptive talent, a forceful left-hander that can, that can really go on the attack. I think it yeah. seems like there's tons of upside, even though she's already risen so much. Yeah, and that, you know, going back to the uh, to the professionalism concept of professionalism, I, I I don't think people realize what kind of tedious, um, backbreaking processes yeah. tennis players had to go through during the pandemic. You know, we most most tennis fans only follow top 100 players, top 50 players. Yeah, there are hundreds of players in the ITF ranks from anywhere from you know rank 200 to all the way to 700s. Who've had to who are no longer able to do their job, who quit tennis during the pandemic because they couldn't afford it for one way or another, and 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 then all the formalities that that uh, that uh, that made it so tedious and unpleasant to travel around. You yeah. know, the, the, as a Turkish person, you already need a visa to go into many countries, uh, but 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 that's 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 always been there. But then with with the pandemic, you have to get special permissions from the tennis federations. You have you have a paper traffic that you have to get done. You have to get PCR tests everywhere, somewhere where it costs 100, 100 euros, 120 euros. In the United States, $250. Wow. Some places, 60 euros, 50 euros. Okay, so the, you know the, those months, that's that's those are the kind of expenses that you had to put in. Yeah. Just to just to give you an exp uh, uh, just to give you a, a small example at that ITF 25 Prague that I told you about, we had a Turkish player who lost first round. She gave, she made enough money just to cover her PCR test costs. Yeah. Forget about forget about the <laughs> the traveling costs, the hotel costs, the, the food. No, just a, just a PCR, and she lost first round in the main draw, and um, and or or we had to you know we had to deal with things like. Uh, uh, losing a heartbreaking match that ends around four o'clock in some country where you better you she doesn't have time to take a shower or anything she has to rush to the next clinic that she can find before five o'clock before they close so that she can get a pcr test leave, done so that she can, she can get the result by the next morning so that she can leave the next morning and not spend another night and spend more money yeah see these are the these are the things that uh 
dozens and hundreds of players have to deal with and and thousands. people don't know you know when when people think that uh when they hear you know one of the top players say we're lucky this and that well that's not the you know that's that's not necessarily true thank you for sharing that i i yeah. wanted to you know touch on that a little bit in terms of where you guys are at in the in the rankings not quite at the tour level, although you had the pleasure of playing in Istanbul this week, it must have been great, both singles and doubles draws. And um, we didn't touch on on uh, Isla at all. And I don't know if you have time, but maybe you can talk a little bit about the origins of you getting starting up with her and how you're coaching two players and how she's come along. I know from my research, she's an interesting player that actually is a little bit older, 25 compared to Epex 22. She actually played for the United States for a year, so she's been around the block quite a bit. Was right on the cusp of the top 200, I think, in 2017. So obviously talented, but now back at 650 and kind of rebuilding. Would you say? But maybe you can tell me. Sure, she Isla is a, a, a great character, very nice uh, person. Uh, just a, has a really good heart, a big heart. And uh, she's also talented, and you know she was one of the two players that I wanted to work with, and 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 the the the, the filter process was about the same with her. And the, the and what's what makes her case unique is, uh, like you said, she was on the she 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 was in the she was ranked high 200s in 2017, and then she went on a string of very very unlucky and long lasting injuries. It, it's a combination of three, four different things. So I, going into details would be tedious and would take a long time. But the bottom line is she went through a period of two and a half to three years yeah. where she couldn't play regular competition, let alone even one or two tournaments. Yeah. Most of that most of that time went without playing tennis or, do, or rehab yeah. or uh, – or, 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 you know, when she finally got into a position where she could play pandemic hit and that's another two months she spent home and, and things of that. So you're looking at a two and a half to three year of period where she played no competition. And this isn't like taking six months off or having an injury doing rehab and coming back to the court six months later. You know, so when you when you're off two and a, for years like that, you first have to gain trust of your body. In other words, you have to get back, you have to start playing, you have to first start trusting yourself that you can finish a tournament without getting injured or even a week of practice without getting injured. Yeah. And and then f from that point on, actually play a tournament and say, oh, I can play two or three matches in a row and not feel major pain or not get injured. And then you start worrying about getting your game back, you know, getting your shots back and everything. And, all you know, it's a long process. And uh, with Ayla... We had to go through this long process, and finally, uh, she, when she got to a point where she could play competition two, three weeks in a row, and her body held up to it, she finally started getting some confidence back, and some results started coming, good results, and she slowly but surely started getting back up the ranks, 900s, 800s, 700s, yep. and and now she's she's 650, I believe, in the latest one, and um, yes. and we're hoping to just uh, I prefer that uh, Isla, f Isla finds her rhythm and improves her game little by little like this, the one step at a time, rather than have a big jump. And I think Isla herself enjoys playing much, much, much more now than she did before. And um, and uh, she, uh, she's, she has expressed herself to me that she, uh, she's, really, uh, she's really cherishing the time that she, uh, she spends on the court now at, at tournaments. 
and uh, she, you know, with both Ipek and her, we uh, we tried to install again in her case too. She has, uh, she she was, um, uh, she was perhaps playing a little too one dimensional. We're trying to add uh, a wide variety of dimensions to her game too, mm -hmm. and uh, she's uh, she she also started getting some results. She's again, she has tools in her box that she could use more often, which she's starting to. And um, yeah, I'm very optimistic with her too. It's it's a pleasure to work with both of them. What would you say her strengths are on the court? I would say her her, her quickness, her footwork, her um, acceleration power, and uh, the fact that she doesn't really have any weaknesses, any glaring weaknesses. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't say, oh, she heard a high forehand or a low backhand or or uh, or you know serve a kick out wide and she has trouble returning from outside the court no n nothing specific like that mm -hmm. you know she it takes a complete player to 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 beat isla uh, you know she you can't just say i'm going to work this weakness and i'm going to beat her you know okay. it's, it's not going to be that easy uh, something interesting i i saw is uh she was in the qualifiers at istanbul what a terrible yeah. draw <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to face That's face we, a, you know, despite that score, Kira Chris, she actually played a very good match. There were very contested points there. She lost six so six two. Yeah. But uh, you know, she was it was a she she had the in fact there were many points of which I was proud that she pulled. She, you know, I mean, uh, Wang is an is an excellent player, a former she, world is, number twelve. That's what exactly. I wanted to ask. And, this is another and, good experience. Yes, and and by the way, as far as getting bad draws. Uh, yeah. My players get bad draws quite often. Makes them tough. I mean, Ipek. I don't. I don't remember Ipek. I think Ipek uh, did not draw a, a seated like a seated player in the first round. Maybe two out of the last nine tournaments, mm. and and most of them have been you know first or second seeds. If not first round, at least in the second round. Yeah. You know, take Bogota. Take for example Bogota, the the best tournament of her career, so to speak, right in WTA. Yep. She plays qualifying and qualifying. You got twelve players seated. So mathematically, you got one through six spread out, and then seven through twelve to play those players. And you have to win two rounds in qualifying to get into the main draw. So you're going to play someone if you're not seated, like Ipek. You're going to play someone seated seven through twelve, and then you're going to play someone seated one through six. Yeah. And what you what do you hope in in that case? You would hope Lower that the on paper. Uh, the lower the better on paper you would hope to draw six and 12 or at least five and 11 or something like that right yeah no she draws she draws seven and one and she has to go through those and uh you know that but this is so you know she's ipex gotten her um results despite some bad draws cool. despite some bad draws that's good yeah. and they, maybe they'll get easier yeah she's one i mean she she has she, she's had to beat i would i would guess she's had to beat at least nine or ten high seeded players in the first round mm -hmm. to uh to 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 advance into some of the tournaments that she advanced in and isla also you know like just like you said she there it is you know isla not as much as he picked maybe but she also gets some bad draws and this was one of them okay um time wise i know we probably don't have much left but so i wanted to maybe finish with a question that's more general just mm -hmm. about just about your journey you spoke about losing your good friend john um which was maybe a pivotal moment and then just you've spoken a lot about Turkish tennis and I just kind of get your thoughts about you know if we look around women's tennis right now we see inspirational figures like Ons Jabor for Tunisia who's kind of like 
broken some barriers and other players like Meyer Sharif. Um, do you have a vision of, and how how meaningful is it kind of to have the top-ranked Turkish player and also Ayla, who's coming up the ranks, to be able to kind of represent Turkish tennis, inspire others, and also, of course, circling back to, you know, the people that help you get there, the people that have been meaningfully to you in your career? Yeah. Okay, so let me start from uh, from the outside and then get to the core of the of your question. Um, for example, last weekend at the Billie Jean King Cup, uh, both of my players, Ipek and Ayla, Ipek had a very good showing. She played number one for Turkey and she won all her matches except one. She lost to Krunic in the third set in the last match, but she won all her previous matches. And in one of the matches, Ipek won her singles match to equalize the score at one all. And Ipek and Ayla, my players, won the doubles match to clinch the tie. Awesome. And I don't, I don't think I can be any happier than that moment as a coach, you know, my two players winning the tie, the clinching tie doubles in, in Billie Jean King Cup for the, for Turkey. I mean, you can't really top that much, but, uh, but how did we, how did we get there? Well, you know, first of all, I think somewhere in your question floats the term trailblazer, right? You, you want to have trailblazers yeah. or you want to be part of a team of a trailblazer in the, in a certain country, in a certain sport. Mm-hmm. And uh, John, the coach, uh, John Unar, who passed away uh, last year, actually almost exactly 12 months ago, with a couple of days, 12 months ago, was a trailblazer. And he was a longtime friend of mine. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat this, um, 30, 35-year-old long friend of mine. Um, I stayed in touch with tennis, you know, from the time that I stopped coaching and then from the time that I got back into coaching during that de- decade, I stayed in touch with tennis through staying in touch with people, going to tournaments, working for as as part-time media for a couple of publications, the one in Turkey, et cetera. But also as a cons- uh, you know as a consulting coach, uh, I stayed in touch with tennis. But one of the main lifelines of me towards staying in touch with tennis and staying updated on 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 different ways of coaching was John. You know, I, I I hung around with John and Marcel, the ATP player, in the in the early 2010s a lot, in tournaments, and then later on I I hung around with uh, I went to many tournaments with John and Chala, when he became her coach, and um, and that kept the fire in me burning, you know that kept the fire in me burning. So I I owe a lot to John, specifically and to Chala also because Chala was a trailblazer yes is a trailblazer for Turkish women's tennis for for Turkish women's tennis she uh, she's uh, she's she was she's been the highest ranked uh, Turkish player for a long time like we said she was she's the first one to accomplish many firsts in uh, in Turkish tennis and as an individual she's um, she's one of the nicest, most magnanimous persons, the, the friends that one can ever have. I mean, she's the, it, she's one person that I would run to with any trouble or problem that I may have. She would be one of the first persons that I would run to. In my, uh, that she's that good a friend of mine. Hmm. So those two, Chala and Jan, for me, were a big source of uh, inspiration. Cool. And to be able to coach, to be able to be the coach of the player who's ranked right now. As, who, who now represents Turkey as the top player. But let's keep this in mind. Only because Chale is unable to play right now. Fair you know, due, due, due to her case. And uh, 
and uh, she you know she she has been unable to play tournaments so she's her ranking had stayed the same in the in the high 200s and Anipek got good results and now she's ranked uh, higher but uh, but we're we're not we're you know we're not in we're not uh, seeing an illusion here we know exactly what's happening mm-hmm. Chala is still the Chala is still the trailblazer for women's tennis in Turkey well said there's there's absolutely no denying that what uh, what you know what we would like to accomplish is um, and hopefully we'll see her back pretty soon on on the on the on the tennis court but uh, but we would love for she was the one who carried the torch further. And what you would like is to be able to take that torch and carry it even further or yes. or or challenge her to do that. You know, let's have uh, people challenging each other to do better. And uh, and I'm very happy that one of a, a player of mine is now in that mix in Turkey of the of the group of tennis players who are um, who are playing the role of trailblazers. Yes. Pushing it forward. Exactly. That's a great answer. That's it's a it's a great story, and I'm I'm just I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you, and I'm, Thank I'm you. thrilled that you spent some time telling me and our listeners about it. Oh, and and also, I'll I'll quickly add this. You know, we we the the, the three month trial period that we were doing, we decided after like the fifth or sixth week that we were going to keep going. That everything was working out very well. We were both, everybody was happy, so we wanted to keep it going, and we filled out. We're about to fill out a year here. Okay. And we were going to see what we what we were going to do after a year, and we've you know we're already we've already decided to move forward all the way to the end of the year with Super. both players. So everything is going well. We're 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 happy. It's it's a good uh, good teamwork. Glad to hear that. And where we where we head next from Istanbul? Well, we're going to go to um, uh, well. There's a 60k tournament starting, believe it or not, at the same place in Istanbul right now. In fact, on Sunday when the WTA finals are being played. At the same facility begins the qualifying rounds of an ITF 60K. Cool. And uh, and Ayla is going to play that one. So she's going to have a match tomorrow. Super. And uh, we were, in fact, after I hang out with you, I'm going to look at the schedule and see what time she plays because the, <laughs> the, draw, the draw is being made. But uh, but then after that, Ayla is going to go to 25K in England and uh, Ipek is going to head to, to Sweden for 125K where she's the top seed. She'll be the top seed. Wow. Which is you know very rare for a turkish player but uh, but from there she will head she we her and i will head uh, back to istanbul for a week of uh, practice and getting ready for french open qualifying mm-hmm. and then and ayla has a week or, or two off and then she's got more tournaments coming up on the 23rd of may fantastic it's great so the 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 runaround never ends i'm, I'm I've, I've traveled more in 10 11 months here than i've uh, have you I've traveled in the previous 11 years. Wow. In, during the pandemic, you're a soldier. Proud of you. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the, all, all great stuff. And I hope that when, I don't know when the cutoff is for Roland Garros, but I hope to see Ipek's name on there. And I hopefully will be able to see you out in Paris for, um, for another cause for celebration. That would be great, Chris. Yes, that's right. You're coming out there. Hopefully we'll remain in the tournament enough to, long enough to see you yeah i'm getting there and early, so. uh yeah i'll hopefully you know no bad surprises she gets in and then hopefully she wins a couple of rounds and maybe we might actually see you perfect well i should let which you actually which was really our secret motivation for the yeah. <laughs> okay i'll just i'll just go and reveal it here at the end of the show you know that's uh that was it which it was she she just wanted to meet chris Otto. perfect you know yeah that would be great well hey you got a dream you know it can happen these <laughs> dreams do come true every once in a while 
Some people have met me, though I haven't left my home very often in the last two years, unlike you. Uh, so I'm Chris, it's great to talk to you. Yeah. Huge pleasure. Let, let, now I already forgot how to say Matt. Matt Artunga. No, you said it. Matt Artunga. You said it very well. Matt but Artunga. Mer but Mert is fine, too. It's yes. perfectly fine. So you're, 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 whatever we call you're him, my friend. Whatever, whatever we call you, we know we know where to find you. You'll be traveling the tour. And um, congrats on all, all your success. It's a very exciting story. Thanks for sharing it. And uh, let's talk again soon, hopefully, Paris. Thank you, Chris. Okay. Bye-bye. This edition of the Lucky Let Cord podcast is a wrap. Special thanks to Mert Ertunga for joining me. Gosh, isn't that a great story? Rooting for him in his endeavors and looking forward to seeing him in Paris, hopefully in the qualifying draw. Thanks for listening, you guys. I wanted to let you know where you can find this podcast and also mention that it does mean a lot if you rate, review, subscribe. It would uh, definitely make us feel better about what we're doing here. You could always check us out, Apple Podcasts. Just type in Lucky Let Cord Podcast and voila. Um, you know, take the time to leave a review and definitely come back and listen to future podcasts. It means a lot and we appreciate you listening. Uh, as far as Tennis Now goes, you can find us uh, on social media, Tennis Now, Facebook.com slash Tennis Now. You can also find us on Twitter at Tennis underscore Now and always on the web, www.TennisNow.com. We appreciate it. We're always bringing you the latest and keeping you up to date on what is happening in the tennis world. And that is Clay Court Tennis right now. So I hope you guys are enjoying. We'll be back in the next week or so with an update, probably previewing the Madrid Masters, which is coming up in just about a week. You guys take care and enjoy your week.